When you come in the arena and you see me play, you see me play, don't you? Absolutely. You see me give everything I got, right? Absolutely. But we talking about practice right now. Relax, have a good time, and most of all, act the fool. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Above 500 Podcast. I'm Izzy J. I'm Seth. And um, so you're probably listening to this on SoundCloud. Uh, I've been trying to work to get it on other things. Now we have it on Spreaker, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you follow the Instagram page, they're all at Above 500 Podcast. And I'm working on how to get these onto YouTube. Um, that's been a struggle, but I'm going to get on that in once. Once that happens, um, I will get you guys the info. Um, let's just get right into it. Super Bowl weekend is now over. Um, yeah, Seth, what do you think? I I mean, definitely a lot better than last year. <laughs> Exciting, entertaining game. Um, our hearts are definitely filled for Andy Reid getting his chance to finally win one. I think that's awesome for him. Um, and then the Chiefs just sticking to what they've been doing all year in the playoffs, just coming back every single time. Um, they seem pretty strong. I mean, they had a weak start, but they came back and did what they had to do. And um, nothing that I thought was going to happen happened. It like kind of <laughs> turned out like in the way that like you know was unexpected. But I think I appreciated. It. I I, I kind of like Super Bowls when I have nothing really invested in it. You know, when the Eagles make it, like I'm like. A nervous wreck the entire time even if we're up by a lot um but um since i had nothing really invested it was kind of just good to just chill out back and, and watch the game but I, I thought it was a good game overall that 49ers line was awesome um but they they crumbled towards the end there and you know it happens i guess no i, I wouldn't say the line didn't crumble uh the team as a whole i guess is it the there's the collapse mm-hmm. let me down Mm-hmm. Um, which we'll talk about a little bit yeah. later on. Um, that halftime show was great. Oh, fire. Jay-Z, one for one. One for one. There were people that hated it. Oh, I mean, I've seen a ton of stuff. Well, no, no, no. Like, obviously, the, the memes are like people not of color hated it. <laughs> but, like, people I've, don't put adobo on their chicken. I've seen people of color was like, that was whack. For real? Yeah. And I'm like... Yeah, it was better than last year. It was way better than last year. Um, uh, oh, one hundred percent, way better than last year. <laughs> yeah, not, no. not only was it way better. I mean, there was dancing, there was singing, it was entertaining the whole time. I mean, they brought Bad Bunny out. That's a plus right there. Um, I didn't know Shakira could play all those instruments. I don't remember seeing a meme of last year's Super Bowl halftime show. No. And you know how boring you have to be yeah. for someone not to make it. We were just upset that you didn't play "Sweet Victory." From Literally, all that's all they had that's to do. All we wanted. You do you to know do. how awesome that <laughs> halftime show would have been if that's all they did? They're just like, forget the halftime show, just play "Sweet Victory." And that's it. Uh, but um, yeah, whatever. Uh, I actually shared a video a long time ago. It was on Facebook. It was during that Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and the Dallas hockey team like use like video effects or whatever to make it do the spongebob uh bubble bowl come yeah, up yeah, from yeah. center ice 
and played it like that, yeah, they did better than the halftime show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously, uh, Patrick's Mah- Patrick Patrick's Mahomes. <laughs> Patrick is Mahomes. Uh, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes won Super Bowl MVP. I don't think he should have. I agree with that. Um, we were both. <laughs> we were both like, what? Yeah. What? Uh, I'm surprised that most of the people who voted uh, on Instagram for the story I put yeah. said yes that he deserved. He deserved it. Miguel was one of them. Yeah, I hate Miguel. You gotta talk to him about that uh, one. <laughs> I just don't get it. I was talking to Josh Borges about that, and he was talking. We were talking about like how like all you have to do is be a quarterback, and you're pretty much like it's, it's guaranteed you're getting Super Bowl. Unless MVP. your name's Russell Wilson. That's then, what I said. That's what I told get him. It. That's what I told him. I was like, I think he's like he's like since two thousand one or whatever. Though, like it's been quarterback. There's been like three people non quarterbacks yeah. in the Super Bowl MVP, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. I, was, I I referenced. I was like, the Seahawks blew out the freaking Broncos in the Super Bowl. Like his offense was amazing. Obviously the defense was good, but yeah. like, the offense was scoring nonstop. And Russell was and Russell like- didn't get. Super Bowl MVP. It was a linebacker. A linebacker. I, he, he had, like, one of the highest QBR ratings, like, in playoff history as well that game, too. He was he played lights out that game. Fun fact that uh, a linebacker for the Cowboys, when they lost one of the Super Bowls, got Super Bowl MVP. Really? Fun fact, yep. Wow. It's the only time someone on the losing team has gotten Super he must Bowl have balled MVP. out, bro. <laughs> he must have balled out. I think the score was pretty – it was, like – they they won but they lost by like three I think oh wow so it was, it was a close game yeah um and obviously the big part that we take away from this as Philly fans is it's Andy Reid's first Super Bowl win yep uh, he's gonna get a cheeseburger make he it a double it. he deserves it uh I mean obviously I I wanted Andy to win but I, this is like like you I had nothing invested in it, so I didn't really <laughs> care who won yeah um. That's a nice feeling, right? To just be watching a game and like, you know, I don't really care what the outcome is. I just want to see something that's going to be... I mean, the only thing I had invested in it was like... Andy winning. Picking winners on oh. like the sports app, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that was about it. Yeah. Once once I uh, once I got the first question wrong, it was like, okay, I can just watch this because <laughs> I'm not getting the rest right. Yeah. yeah. Stupid Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, who did I, oh yeah, Raheem Moster. I said he was yeah. going to score the first touchdown of the game. Patrick Mahomes ran it in for a touchdown and messed up. I didn't even check to see how many I got wrong after that. I think what would have been interesting to see, if the 49ers had won, does MVP then go to Garoppolo? Or, in my personal opinion, I thought the fullback deserved it. Yeah, no, I told you that during the game. I was like, if they win, it's going to be use check. Like, he's... He caught the first touchdown. Yeah. Um... Set a block for the second one. Yeah. And he was just all out balling. Yeah. And Garoppolo, just like Mahomes had turnovers as well. Yeah. Didn't look steady the whole time. Yeah, it was not a quarterback game. It was, it was definitely who who could handle the pressure most on defense. And yeah. it was the Chiefs. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, we got a few things to say about that. Uh, and one of the other segments on to the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Oh. I said they were going to be the number one seed. Yes. They're making me look like a liar. 
and they're not playing like they're not playing like the number five seed first of all <laughs> no they're not um it's ridiculous so they're they were at the time of making the list they were sitting at the sixth seed coming into the night they were the fifth um with indiana losing twice so well, a little bright side uh so it would have been milwaukee toronto boston miami then us indiana brooklyn and then orlando the bulls were at nine uh they got taken over by the wizards and now it looks like the wizards are gonna hold the nine spot for a bit because they just lost tonight yeah um so for the rest of february the sixers play three like key playoff teams in the eastern conference i only picked the eastern conference overall uh let me see memphis la okay so they play five overall in february we got the clippers coming up next um but i'm only focusing on the east because um that's if you win in the east that's going to help you move up for sure in uh in the standings when you go head to head um so the next playoff caliber team in the east that we face are the nets which always seems to be a close game. Uh, it is a home game. The next two are home games. So home with home for the Clippers and home for the Nets. And then we have the Bucks again in Milwaukee. Yeah. Which we got to play better. It's ridiculous. Um, I, 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 I feel bad. And Phillies fans, Phillies, Phillies, Philly fans are going to hate me for this. But you... Went on record a long time ago, like two years ago maybe, mm-hmm. saying Ben Simmons was the problem and we needed to trade him. Mm-hmm. I think Joel Embiid is becoming the problem. You think Joel is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you hear what he said? I mean, I have no problem with Ben calling the team soft because yeah. they look like They're on soft. the road they play soft. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. But for Joel to come out and be like, I got to find my role on the offense. Dude, you know your role on yeah. the offense. Yeah. If you want a different role, then just mm-hmm. come out and say it. Yeah. But you know your role on the offense, and the fact that you're not playing it well, right, is completely on you. Yeah, I I think, I think there's some part of. Uh, I don't want to say, chem. I mean, it might be chemistry. Just some part of the way we flow whenever we're on the road, we just don't play up to the caliber that we should. We don't live up to the name that we should. Um, we had this, like, really, like, the last couple years, I mean, which rose the biggest concerns in my mind is we kind of disappear in the playoffs um, at certain points where we just look faulty, you know, where our biggest guys like Simmons and Bede, um, they'll go for, like, 9, 10 points, 15 points or something like that, not really show up. And we kind of do that very often. So I don't know what it is that they need to work on themselves, but just hearing that, He's got to figure his role, figure out his role is a little bit concerning to me. Um, they should be able to know exactly what they want to do. I mean, we're a defensive-focused team who sh- should be running big the entire time and playing well. And some of our lesser-known players are the ones stepping up and doing all the work yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's like irony, where it's like our starters aren't really getting it done, but yet we have the bench depth to actually do things, you know? Yeah, I, I, I will say that um, I don't mind the trade because it's the trade we did pick up 
um, from Golden State. It seems to work well right now. It seems to be working well. Um, but uh, I would have, in, in a weird, twisted universe, I would have loved to go for Marcus Morris. And here's why. Uh, so you say, like, we dwindle in the playoffs. Obviously, you know, Ben doesn't score as much. He doesn't score a lot often. Yeah. Um, when he's not shooting or just when he's not getting into the paint, that's where he gets most of his points. For sure. But the one thing I never see, at least in the games that I watch, playoffs or not playoffs, is Ben is always going hard 100%. Um, and the thing that kills him, like when he's having a bad game and the thing that shoots him in the foot even more is because he's so aggressive, he makes stupid passes sometimes and mm -hmm. turns the ball over when he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Um but Embiid on the road, playoff or not, like there's a difference between him playing at home and um, you know he's got the crowd behind him, he's got that fire, and on the road he just seems lazy and like he doesn't want to be there, and that's concerning because like you he shot one for ten against the Bucks, like half the time he didn't seem like he wanted to back someone down in the post and he's just taking whatever he can instead of creating a shot. Yeah. Um, I really think... I get it, his hand. I don't I don't think his hand was the problem, but, yeah. you know, I get it. It's, it's going to cause some... But for the most part, you know, you should still be playing aggressively, at least on defense, right. if you're not going to do anything on the offensive side of the ball. Well, what's interesting is, is in like... If we just put the West aside, in the East, like, we do, we need our bigs to play well. Like, that's our key to success, right? Like, if Embiid is having a bad game, right, we really can't imagine someone, like, our point guard or our shooting guard being able to step up and take that leeway mm -hmm. in the East, right? If we're talking about the West, then it's kind of whatever. But we need to depend on, we need to have those really i mean with any championship team you see two or three guys who are like it right like those are the guys who you know you can depend on like even like when the mavericks won it right like dirk was it at the time you know what i mean barrera step, stepped up huge when when they won that chip so you got to have one or two guys that are like your it guys right and i think we've tried to force ben and joel to be these guys and they haven't been really living up to it as far as softness goes and all that kind of stuff you know i I, I can't say whether someone's giving their 100% or, or all, but I think what's important to note is if we are going to win those games, and the reason that Milwaukee does so well is they've got two or three guys who are going to show up every single night, you know, no matter what you do, you know, it's kind of like, you know, LeBron, no mm -hmm. matter what night, in any given night, his stats are going to kind of look the same. Um, and if we don't have that consistency um, in our lineup, then it's going to be tough for us, right? Because I feel like... I mean, kind of backpacking on what I said earlier, our bench is really giving us more of consistency than our starters are. Yeah. So it's like, it's really weird. You're like, oh, well, we can't be this consistent on the road, and it's not really coming from the people you want it to. So, again, I don't know if it's chemistry, softness, what it is, but, you know, we got to figure that out. Uh, so I'll, I'll give two points um, yeah. to that first part, the softness. Yeah. Uh, I... Obviously, you know, you don't know if someone's giving 100% or if they can give 100% injury or what have you. Agreed. But uh, 
I take, you know, just a gut feeling. So like Ben Simmons says, oh, we're playing soft. Yeah. And so I have an image of what that looks like in my head. And watching the Bucks game for like the first half, it was a back and forth game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like they had it. Like they had, obviously they missed some opportunities to score ahead. Mm-hmm. Or when they did get ahead, they went up like by eight, I think, mm-hmm. eight or nine. Um, no, they had a double digit lead at one point. I think mm-hmm. it was ten, and then just let Milwaukee come back every single time. Yeah, um, and that's just like this is a team that year in year out I see play down to their opponent, um, but they can also play up to I their agree. opponent, and it's ridiculous. For them to not decide to play at one level, the best level, um, I'm tired of losing to the Hawks every <laughs> single year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the second point. So like tonight against the Bulls, ninth play, no, tenth place team. Sorry. So not even in the playoff picture. Technically, you know they have a shot, but yeah. not even in the playoff picture. Most likely. Um. This was a close game to the very end. Embiid puts up a double-double. Congrats. Yeah. Do that against Milwaukee. Yes. Do that against LA. Yes. Like, we don't care that you do it against hey, these yeah. guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I, I mean, I think what we're both getting at, I think, I think, and, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, it's no. consistency. Yeah. I mean, For it's sure. consistency. Uh, and do you think Embiid and, and Simmons, do you think they have that potential to put up that... I think Embiid is in his mind. He's like, still in like a mindset where it's like, I want to save my best for the playoffs. But it's like, dude, you got to focus on getting there too. Um, meaning, like, yeah, we'll be in the playoffs. Maybe like if you took it easy the entire season, we'll probably be like eighth seed. Yeah. But that also means like we're going home early. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. You gotta. Go hard and get us these wins. Get us at least 60 because um, we're, we're only going to finish with like 50 at this point. Yeah. Get us at least 60 and then, you know, you can rest. Once once we secure that we're going to be in the top four, yeah. then you're good. You can rest and, and save your best for the playoffs. Right. But the way the team is playing now, it's, you, you got to go hard for – Essentially, a little part of the playoffs starts now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. For sure, and you want to you want to be coming in there with momentum too. Yeah. Right. Like you want to feel like oh we're we're. Those I don't think guys. we had like a super, sh- like, long streak of wins like since Milwaukee, the beginning of the season. Who had like they went eighteen in a row. Yeah. Uh, the Heat have won like had a long winning streak. Like we've been five games here then lose like four another five wins and then it's we need a big run and it has to start now or soon i agree Um, yeah no i mean winning against the nets and the bucks back to back would be a huge start to that so hopefully this week we can you know these next couple weeks you can get something i like how you said (laughs) winning against the nets and the bucks like yeah we're we're not gonna beat the clippers but (laughs) we gotta start with the nets honestly i think you're right like i don't even care about western conference at this point it's like you're not even gonna it doesn't even really matter until the till we get there and by the time you're you're in the finals then it's just like you have seven games and that's it like these seven games just win you know what i mean and honestly with toronto beating you know uh these guys last year 
I, I can see it. I can see us being able to upset somebody if, if we can make it that far. But if we can get a win against the Bucks, I think it'll restore a little bit of confidence. Um, consistencies for sure. This will be the season. I mean, yeah. not the season in general, but the season series against the Bucks. We already won the first two. Yeah. Um, we have the season series for the Celtics. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're looking against Toronto, but um, those are a key important series to win. For sure. It's like in baseball, um, like each game you play like three at a time, right. face the same team. Like, And you play 162 games and the, the solid strategy or the most, like not strategy, but like measuring your success is winning series right. not like every game so it's like oh we got a three game series a four game series and a three game series if we win two of these right two or three of these and then two of these right. we're staying above 500 throughout the season See, and yeah. so against milwaukee if we, we we play them four times a year if we win three of those all right that gives it we're three and one for sure three and one against the celtics sure. three and one against the raptors and the less, the more wins you're piling up against the people in the conference, because you only play the Western twice a right. year, so it's not really gonna. You can split it. Yeah. You can split each one you go to. Yeah. Did we play the Clippers already? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so this will be the first one. We can lose the next game we played to the Lakers because we beat them already. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, if we win, that'll be great. But yeah. we can lose that game and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. So, I think that's the way they need to look at it, yeah. and I feel like at times they try to look at the big picture. And just also, they're probably just assuming that they're gonna be in the playoffs at a high seed, and that's not what you need to do. I agree. And then midseason lulls happen too. I mean, I, I would I would admittedly say that as well. I mean, just with any playing that mass volume of games, mm-hmm. those things kind of happen. So, you know, we'll we'll see where this takes us. Yeah. Um, another similar scheduled sport. Um, I don't know why like the NBA and the NHL are very. They start at the same time. Yeah. It's very weird, considering they all play in the same arena. So you got to work out your scheduling. Flip-flop. And considering both these teams, for us, could be in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, that's a scheduling nightmare. That's true. Um, currently, the Flyers are not in the hunt, or not in the playoffs. If it were to start today, they were the number one wild card. Um, they lost to New Jersey, um, which honestly was an embarrassing loss because New Jersey's the worst team in the league. We lost 5 nothing, and it's ridiculous. Um, so that knocked us down to the second uh, wildcard spot with Carolina trailing behind us. Um, they won. We also won um, last night, but we are still tied with Carolina for that last wild card spot. So we can still squeeze in there. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, the so the way the playoffs work in hockey is there are two divisions per conference. Okay. And you take the top three teams of the division. Okay. And then between the two, the top two for the last two wild card spots. Okay. So it's Metro Division. One two three, Atlantic Division one two three, and then the top of the remaining, the top two. Makes sense. Um, the Flyers could, a hundred percent by the time the season's over, 
take the three spot in the metro mm-hmm. and have some sort of home home ice advantage yeah um it's not impossible we're literally tied for that spot so <laughs> we're there yeah. um and for the rest of february uh like last night was the first game of two three seven against playoff caliber teams in the east so you know this is a great way to gain ground um we took the first game last night seven to two against washington we have florida tomorrow um who are no longer actually in the playoff picture um they are three points behind the flyers um so they can just continue to win um only two home games during that stretch though so which oddly enough they're unlike the sixers they seem to play really great on the road yeah which is weird um so you know that that's it's good looking for the city um it's gonna be a busy spring is when the playoffs start for both of them it's gonna be a busy spring possibly you think every philly team makes the playoffs this year in like this year so the eagles already got in so sixers most likely Flyers, well, it depends. And then the Phillies. Yeah, because the playoffs started in January, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, the Eagles did it. Um, I think the Phillies could do it if they, uh, uh, you know, can get a... Uh, I think they're Make most likely going to get a wild card. Uh, so yeah, I think the Phillies can... Uh, I think it's going to be a wild card. Um, it would surprise me if it's uh, a division winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could do it, but it's it's a really long shot. Um, but yeah, I think I think all of the teams in Philly will make the playoffs this year, and we'll see where we go from there. And now, before we move on to the next segment, I don't know if you wrote down yours um, when I sent you the docket, but I have mine. Some people are gonna disagree. I don't really care. Now that the Super Bowl is done, mm-hmm. true. NFL power rankings in my eyes. Okay. One through ten, the Ravens, the 49ers, and the Chiefs, Seahawks at four, Saints at five, Packers at six, Eagles at seven, Vikings at eight, Titans nine, Buffalo Bills ten. Okay. I would do the same thing except for I would actually put us above the Packers. I think we have a better chance of doing better than the Packers this year. No, this is for this past season. Oh, that's for this past season. Yep. Oh. Okay. Now that we've seen every team play, th- right? And the, this is, s- some of the situations for for the most general part is if every team played at their best. Okay. This okay. is how I think they would, okay. go, um, and. I put the Ravens above the Forty ers because they played head to head and the Ravens won, and I think. Uh, what happened in the playoffs with the Ravens was a fluke, and if they played their best and played the Chiefs, um, they would be in the Super Bowl. So you don't think the Patriots are going to do anything next No, year? I have the Patriots at 12 this year. Because, okay. yeah, I mean, they made the playoffs, but they played really iffy this entire year. Um, so 11 through 20. I have the Texans at 11, Patriots at 12, like I said, Cowboys at 13, Colts at 14, and the Bucks at 15, uh, only because Jameis, like, their offense was on fire, but Jameis kept throwing picks. So they're literally right at the middle. Like, yeah. Um, 
and the Rams at 16 because they kind of started this year hot and then they like disappeared. disappeared. Um, the Raiders at 17, Broncos at 18, Pittsburgh at 19, and the Bears at 20. Hmm. And then the last, round out the rest of the league, uh, Chargers at 21, the Falcons at 22, Jets 23, Miami at 24, Arizona at 25, uh, New York Giants 26, the Browns at 27, Carolina at 28, the Redskins at 29, the Jaguars at 30, the Lions at 31, and the Bengals last. Mm. I, I think it's a pretty good assessment. I, just, I, even I like. They, even if they get Burroughs, you think they'll, they'll be that bad? Well, no. This is literally for this past year. Yeah, so yeah. They had the worst record. Um, something. It's only because they won the least amount of games. But I really wanted to put the Lions last this year. Because the way they played this year was bad. But I really wanted to put the Jaguars higher. But I felt like. Even late later on in the season, the Redskins, Giants, and Cardinals just played a lot better than better. the Jaguars. I agree with that. I agree. But yeah, uh, in the next segment, I think shoot your shot. Williams for three in the lead. Young for three. Butler for the win. Yes, buries the three. Oh, All right. So we'll have two. This now this this is where we're moving on to next year. Okay. Way too early. Super Bowl Fifty Five predictions. Right. This is this is this is way way. Too <laughs> this is literally a year from today. Who will be playing in the Super Bowl? Well, a year from like last week, yeah. but I'm gonna go, and we'll probably change this at the beginning of next season when we come together. But unless I feel really unless. Like, I make this prediction, yeah. and then by the time training camp rolls around, I feel like that prediction is strong. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. But I will say, and this is not, I, I'm not going to use my bias. This is what I genuinely think. Okay. Eagles. Hmm. I have to think about the AFC team. I think it'll be the Chiefs again. I don't think it's going to be the Chiefs again. I don't, I don't think the Ravens are going to get... Uh, I don't Ravens. think it's going to be the Ravens either. Yeah. Um, Titans? I wanted to say Titans, but I, I don't think they're going to... I don't think they're going to have Derrick Henry. Is this contract? They're going to pay him. They have to. True. But in using their logic, they would also have to pay... Uh, <laughs> Tannehill? Tannehill. <laughs> but... The league's most improved player. So yeah, the league's most improved player. I'm gonna go through my power rankings since I'm just gonna pick one at random. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what? Eagles, Texans. Eagles, Texans. That's an interesting one. I I think I would go with Eagles, Chiefs. I just think that what well, so bias bias aside, if we figure out the wide receiver situation. That's why I'm going to, once the draft happens, yeah. it will tell me whether or not I feel really good about this prediction yeah. or not. We, we, I mean, we, I mean, even if, even if we don't get a whole bunch, I mean, I've heard rumors of Amari Cooper. We literally just need a wide um, receiver. 
we need wide, and we, we need quarterbacks too. I mean, if we can I mean, yeah, but we manage with our defense somehow. Um, but as long as those, I think, as long as those two things come true for us, I think that literally there's no team that could beat us. Honestly, like we still manage to scrape by and <laughs> win the division, which is crazy to think about after all we went through this season. <laughs> um, and then on the other seat, on the other side. I mean, the Chiefs just play lights out, consistent. I mean, they came back every single game. They've, they look like they're ready to do it. And with the Patriots in question, who's always been like, you know, this force um, that's in the Super Bowl almost every other year. I don't think that's gonna happen. I anymore. think with with I think with them out of the equation, Tom Brady maybe moving on, them not really playing up to the standard that they should. Um, I can see the Chiefs kind of settling into that sort of notion i don't know if they'll be as consistent but if they can keep some i mean patrick mahomes is so young right like if they can keep some of those key players and and make sure it works out uh you know i think they'll be fine i mean even without a a decent running back this year or like a top you know five running back they they were still able to do what they needed to do without a crazy defense they were still able to do what they needed to do i think whatever additions the texans make this year will determine well not will determine they blew out the Chiefs the entire game except for the second quarter. <laughs> like, you can learn from that. And so, with as good as a team as they have, the just draft coming up, whatever they add there, um, if they, it doesn't seem likely, but if they want, I think they should like tweak a little bit of their coaching staff to improve a little bit. And they are literally a quarter away from the Super Bowl. I think they've got the best wide receiving core in football. In my yeah, so that's I. It took me a while once I went through my list, but yeah, definitely. Now that I'm saying it, I feel really strongly about the Texans. Yeah. The Eagles, I really have to wait and see what they do this off season yeah. for me to um, say that they will make it. The second part, we have a two parter for shoot your shot, <laughs> which. Philly team, and I'll let you pick two as kind of like a 1A, 1B. Okay. Which Philly team will win the next championship for this city? And when you say next championship, you like mean the like... the next team to win a championship. Okay, so it's kind of it's kind of like, will the Sixers do it or that kind of thing, right? Because, I mean, yeah. I mean like we already figured out have not. So there's a cha- there's better odds. I mean, that, like, do you think season. that the Eagles will win the Super Bowl before the Sixers win, win the NBA championship, or the before the Phillies, or do you think the Phillies will win before the Eagles can win another Super? That's that's basically the question. Okay, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Um, my one A will be the Eagles. Okay. I think the Eagles, yeah. out of all our teams, have uh, set themselves up for the next couple of years to be in contention. My one B. I want to say the Sixers, mm-hmm. but I will say the Phillies because okay. um, I just like the way they're built and the attitude that they have. The Sixers are kind of um, iffy. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I know they can get to the playoffs. It's a matter of can you pull yourselves together enough. Uh, I feel like if the Phillies didn't lose Andrew McCutcheon last year, we would have been in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Like that was kind of the turning point where the season went downhill. Before that, we were like sitting high and mighty in first place and just killing it every game. So even with Bryce Harper not even playing that well, yeah. we were still doing well. So um, I think now that we have a better coach, 
added some players, um, have at least two or three good pitchers, I think they'll win it before the Sixers can pull themselves together. So my 1A, 1B is, I think I'm going to go Eagles-Sixers. I think Eagles right now, as we speak, is the most prepared to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, For sure. Showed, That's why they're my 1A. Yeah, yeah. We've shown that we can win with pretty much nothing at times. I mean, with a backup quarterback. We showed we could win the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, and we can get into the playoffs <laughs> with nobody. But, yeah. So I think at this point, it's clear that the Eagles are definitely the reigning um, not only that, Sports but they have the team most, in the city. Yeah, yeah, they have the most recent too, so you can kind of count that as well. Mm-hmm. But my one hope that I have for the Sixers that makes me put them into one P is us showing up in the playoffs, right? Like I have that little glimpse of hope of like if if the Sixers can show up in the playoffs, like we can really do it. Like think about it. Like last year, like I mean, if Kawhi doesn't make that shot. This could be a total difference. Oh yeah, you know no, what I mean. Sure. So it's like just like that one, that one extra push. Kawhi makes an insane play, and kudos to him. I'm not hating on him or anything like that, but that's the one thing that really kept us from maybe even being in the same spot that they were. Yeah. So I, I do have hope for them. And the thing with the Phillies also is they, they they get into slumps sometimes. I mean, I think we we've seen them really, I think play a little bit more. I don't know more of our style of baseball, like how, how we used to play. But I, I don't see us really being able to, uh, I don't know. I think I think we have some stars and we have the ability to do it, but we just don't, I don't know if we can gel it all together in one year like that. Um, we'll see if we can. I mean, like you said, with additions, it, it might help out. It might make a difference. Um, having Bryce Harper is nice too. Maybe he'll have, you know, an, an up year or whatever. But, you know, we'll see. I, I think for sure. The Flyers are definitely in last place in, in my mind. So, yeah. I mean, on my list, I would have the... Since the Flyers added this new coach this past season, I would yeah. put them uh, 1D, a really close mm-hmm. 1D to 1C to the Sixers. Mm. And so that's just me. That just is really good news for the city in general. You think they're that close all to the our teams. You think they have that many um, Right now, yeah. What they did this year was, um, with the new coach, he changed the 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 way they play the game. So yeah. like the strategy that involved, um, and they're basically just kind of going hard all game um, and like conditioning themselves so that they're not, you know, tired late, yeah. and they're used to just going hard for sixty minutes. Yeah, um, and it's it's worked at times obviously you know the youth on the team kind of shows up at times but for the most part like they're in this playoff hunt um and it's a really young team which is great and it seems the more um players that they pull up from like the minor leagues yeah they just hit instantly and it's amazing to see like Well, the Phillies just added a really good. Uh, imagine as well, like, right? imagine like the Sixers freaking. Let's say, twenty games into the season, they call someone up from the Blue Coats. Yeah, yeah. And he's just a star. Yeah. yeah. And so they keep him and yeah. get rid of a roster spot for yeah. him. Then another twenty games in the season, they call up somebody else, and boom, he becomes a star. Like that's basically what's happening for the Flyers. Is mm-hmm. the more people they call up, 
the more prepared they seem than people thought they were mm-hmm. and they're playing very well in the big leagues so that's that's how close they are to the Sixers I think because yeah. and it's just because of that because the Sixers have a really hard time finding talent es- elsewhere yeah whereas the Flyers they can find talent elsewhere because they have made trades this past season but they also have it like underneath in their system right. so right. they don't have to go far so but they haven't been to the playoffs in a while, right? They went two years ago, but I don't count it because it was really... We shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah. So, yeah, we haven't been there in a while, and the Sixers have. So that's yeah. where I put the Sixers ahead of them. Yeah. Moving on to Seth's favorite segment, Who That John? Who That John? Great Scott! Man, that kid's special. This guy is different. What did we just see? That boy's a bad man. The guy's an absolute stud. Okay. Uh, this Hall of Fame pitcher played 16 seasons in the MLB. Mm-hmm. He placed top 10 in ERA in seven seasons, wins in eight seasons, strikeouts in six, and complete games in eight seasons, mm-hmm. and shutouts in 11 seasons. He has been in the Cy Young Award conversation seven times, winning twice. Getting second place twice, third once, and fifth twice. Mm-hmm. Who is this major league Hall of Fame pitcher? Is it Holiday? Ah! It's Holiday. <laughs> I'm fire. Roy Doc Holiday. Yep. He played 16 seasons, uh, four with the Phillies, 12 with the Blue Jays. Um, the Phillies. This season, I don't remember which game it was, but they will be retiring his number. As they should. Um, and, yeah. You know how good you have to be to lead the league in shutouts? Yeah. 11 out of your 16 years? Yeah. Or just be in the top 10. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, and now on to our J.R. Smith Award. Molly, this is a beautiful moment. Max, this is a beautiful moment. Did something just go wrong? <laughs> I mean, are we not sitting here because something has gone wrong? On February 5th, 2017, the Atlanta Fal- Falcons held a 28-3 lead over the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 51 with 8:31 left in the third quarter. In what would later be known as 28-3, the Falcons' collapse was especially shocking since they boasted the number one scoring offense that year, along with Matt Ryan winning MVP. Offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan had everything in place to put that game away, or so he thought. The day after the devastating Super Bowl loss to the Patriots, Shanahan was hired as the head coach of the 49ers and nearly three years later would find himself back in the big game. During the media frenzy leading up to the Super Bowl, Shanahan was asked how his experience in Super Bowl 51 would help him now. He stated, knowing that he can accept his role in the Falcons' collapse has made him stronger and that no lead is safe. In what was a moment of deja vu, Shanahan found his 49ers... Sorry. Shanahan found his 49ers with a 2010 lead and their stout defense had just intercepted Phenom Patrick Mahomes to start the fourth quarter. Possessing the ball with 11.57 left in the fourth, the 49ers offense had 
only had possession of the ball for 5 minutes and 41 seconds, leaving the Chiefs plenty of time to come back. They say once is an accident, twice is a coincidence, and three times is a pattern. Shanahan is starting to build his reputation as a man who can't handle the big game. And I will add that there were a few quotes coming out from him leading like before the game. Um, and he was talking about the, um, the, the Falcons game and the Super Bowl media day. And he said, like, a lot of people think that if he would have ran it, then they would have won. And he said that that was simply not the case. And there were other factors or whatever. But this is him um, talking about them playing the Packers and blowing them out. I know a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter isn't enough. I treat the game like it's tied. You're up 10 in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Why? Like, yeah. Run the ball. Yeah. I, this is what I don't get, okay? He did the same. Texans? He can't say, like, oh, well, we didn't run the ball against the Packers. Like, yeah, you were. You had a 25-point lead, and you still ran the ball, and you were dominating. Why would you want to go pass now? Considering you just ran the ball and got five yards and then pass, incomplete, pass, incomplete, pass, incomplete, gave the ball back. So there's like a pattern within the playoffs where teams are like up or doing well, where they're just like, you know what? This game is going extremely well for us. The run game is working. I'm not going to do it. Like it just doesn't make any sense, right? Up until, okay, so the the first half of the game, the 49ers run game was pretty lackluster. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like they weren't doing anything crazy. It wasn't. However, later on in the game, as they still had the lead, their run game was actually starting to do things. Monster was actually starting to break out. They were starting to get places. And then they're like, you know what? Let's just abandon that. And let's just try to do these like really weird, like, you know, mid-range pass plays that just aren't getting it done. It's ridiculous. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you know you can win the game, just keep the ball on the ground, use all your creativity and play calling on third downs and second and longs, or if you know, you know, you're deep enough, go for it on fourth then, right? That's the one thing Andy did, especially early on, was he was like, I'm not going to settle. I'm going to go for it on fourth. He did it twice at the beginning of the game. So you have to, if you're truly with the tide mentality, then you need to be willing to take risks uh, when, when the time comes and keep the ball on the ground. That's all you got to do. I mean, there's you could name plenty of times in this, just these playoffs alone, where teams, all they had to do was just run it out and they win the game and they just refused to. They're like, you know what? We're just going to keep playing the game like it's, I, I think that's such a bad mentality. To think it's tied, no, it's not. You're up by 10, hold your lead. Do what you got to do, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he. I can't remember like exact quotes, but he yeah. talked about like, um, not like he didn't want to run the ball. Um, just basically, but like my thing is, okay, you don't have to run the ball, whatever. Um, but after. At least run the ball twice. You ran the ball once and then passed. Right, exactly. On that first drive. And everything was incomplete. It should it should have been run, run. And you probably would have got a first down on the second run. But even if you didn't, pass. Um, that way, yeah. 
you're taking time off the clock. Like you don't want to, you don't want to give him the ball back with lots of time left, considering you're up by ten. And at the same time, your defense just intercepted the ball, so you don't want to put them back on the field yeah. with like. I'm pretty sure one of those possessions lasted less than a minute. Like right. you, your defense just got off the field. Right. Run the ball. the ball. Yeah. Not only do you shed time, right? Because I think people, I think people often look at it like, oh, well, all you're doing is you're just trying to get the game over with faster. It's well, like, yeah, you're winning. Yeah, no, not well, no. That is true, <laughs> like right? that you're is winning. True. No one cares how you won. Right. I agree. Not not only that. Not only is that true, but it also helps. You when you do go for the pass, right? The Chiefs are thinking, "Oh, he's gonna, run, they're gonna run it. We're gonna try and stop it, right?" And and granted, they probably were, you know, trying to figure that out and say, "Okay, this is what we're gonna stop." But if you completely abandon the run after the first time you do it, then they're like, "Oh, they're just gonna pass the ball." Or now, now that it's third and ten, you have no option but to throw the ball. At that point, it's like whatever. Unless you want to treat it like four down territory and then run it, and that's then pass. exactly what I say. He should have. He should. Have. The thing of the, the Andy, especially early on in that game, he was aggressive. He went. They went for it all year. He's been like that. He, he's he's the only coach this year, or excuse me, he's the number one coach this year on fourth down. He always he goes for it. He's he's taking that risks in a game like the Super Bowl. Like you don't win big unless you take big risks, and he just wasn't willing to do that. You just like you said, run the ball on first down, then just do a bunch of incomplete passes. And and no offense to Garoppolo, but he wasn't even playing that well in the first place. He did the same to, thing with Matt Ryan, where he didn't run the ball. Like they were up twenty eight three, he didn't run the, run the ball. He passed it. The Texans did the same thing. The Texans, their run game was fine in that Chief game, and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? We're up by twenty eight. Let's just not. I mean, we're up by twenty. Whatever. We're not gonna do anything. Like we're and the same thing with the Titans. The Titans were up. They stopped feeding Derrick Henry the ball. You stop feeding Derrick Henry the ball, and look at the situation you're in. So it's it's just one of those things where I, I think the mentality is wrong. Going into it is wrong. Um, I think another thing that really hurt them too was uh, kick returns. They kept trying to return the ball even though it wasn't going well. Just take now that it's 25 yards, you get a fourth of the field for free. Just take it. Take a fourth of the field for free. Every I think people time. are trying to uh, mimic Doug's mentality of um, no fear in the Super Bowl or whatever. And, but my thing is, everybody's version of risk-taking and not showing fear is different. And the 49ers proved it when they played the Packers. They were up big. They kept running the ball because that's what they do. And they kept scoring, running the ball. Um, I get it. Traditionally, being aggressive when you have a lead is, you know, just throwing deep shots and still running up the score. But that's not what your offense does. You run up the score by running the ball. I agree. Like, you proved it the week before. So. And how do you go from throwing eight passes in the game before, right, to being like, you know what? Now that the run game's working in the second half, we're just going to abandon it. I will say, I didn't hear this. Um, and I never went to go check to see what he said for real. But um, it was one of, I think I was watching First Take, and they said that Tyron Matthew, after the game, said, man, I'm just glad they stopped running the ball. Because <laughs> we couldn't stop it. They couldn't. In the and it was like, monster, was when the off. defense is like, oh, man, I'm glad they stopped doing that. Like, 
you messed up. You messed up. Yeah, I agree. And the and honestly, the mentality really is is poor because you know Mahomes can make those plays. You know Andy Reid's going to treat it like fourth down territory. And even bigger than that, you know that the Chiefs are high caliber enough to make that sort of comeback in that amount of time, right? It's not like you're playing a team that like doesn't have the same weapons as you or isn't that big. Like You're playing a team that you know is going to cover that ground, right? I mean, with the Tyreek Hill play, for an example, on third and 15 or mm-hmm. whatever, it's, it just takes that one or two plays like that, that, those one or two, three shots that make the difference in the Super Bowl. And I felt like he wasn't willing to really do that. He was just trying to say, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're sticking to. And if it, and if you see like a change like that as a coach, you have to be willing to kind of sacrifice on your own game plan in order to win the game. And I don't think he was really willing to do that. Um, yeah. I don't think he's a bad coach, but I think, you know. People are on both sides saying he did what he does. And I'm just like, he did whatever he did, he didn't do to win the game. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and for those of you that don't know, when I sent Seth the docket, the second nominee for this J.R. Smith Award was Richard Sherman. So, uh, I keep seeing the the gif of him getting I'm on torn team, up by Tyreek. I'm on Team Revis now. I wasn't at first because you know the way I saw it was like you don't have to stick everybody man to man to be the best corner or whatever. Because you know uh, what's his name Antonio Cromartie. He didn't always play man. He just did what the coach said, asked Still him to do, and did it well. That's what Richard Sherman did yeah. until the Super Bowl. Um, he didn't do his part well. I think he has consistently shown up in big games, and this this time this he did. He did, um, yeah, he did. And to be fair, Tyreek Hill was very quiet up until the second half, but you can't really say that because the whole Chiefs offense was quiet up until the second half, right? yeah. That is true. So it's like one of those 50-50 things. But I wouldn't blame it on, you know, one single aspect. I just think that they I, they really poorly managed time, which is ironic because everyone's saying Andy Reid was going to do that. But Well, they, he didn't have the opportunity to. <laughs> well, he wasn't put in that situation. <laughs> even when they were driving the ball and doing, like, driving down late, like, he didn't panic and start taking timeouts or whatever. Like, well, yeah, he, he never takes time. He just, he just let it, he just let it, what's true. He, he, that is, he's oh, another thing people are pointing to, and this will probably be the last thing before we go. Yeah. Um, this, like, you can say what you want about him not running the ball at the end. He, he can say he was aggressive. The proof that he really wasn't was the end of the first half when they didn't use any timeouts. And then by the time you got to like midfield, there was like 14 seconds. So like, oh, we can do this? Timeout. (laughs) Like, that's your fault. Yep. So. And in that same situation, he would have been aggressive. You're being conservative. You can't say, oh, I'm playing aggressive. Like, you were up 20 to 10. You could have at least made it 23 to 10. Yeah. And I don't know who's thinking that you know they can just pull off the Doug Peterson method, but no one's been that aggressive in the soup in the games period than we were that year. I mean, yeah, we, no, no, no. We showed that we. You can be aggressive. Uh, it just has to be. Calculated. It can't be outside of what you normally do. Which is exactly what Andy did. He did his type of aggressiveness. He mm-hmm. played his game, um, and they and they did it well. And they, you know they came out with a win for it. So. For sure. 
Okay. Uh, well, that has been this episode of the Above 500 Podcast. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Again, uh, follow us. Hear us wherever you can at Above 500 Podcasts on SoundCloud, Spreaker, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Above 500 Podcasts. And we are working on getting that YouTube up. Uh, I'm Easy J. What's up? Have a good one. Peace.